Welcome back to Valley Sports Plug Roundtable. Um, we are here in September now. Whoa, hard cut. I am your host, Chris Patrick. With me today, as always, Mr. Michael Benjamin. How are you doing, sir? Doing good, man. Excited for tonight. Got a big one in store for everybody. Yes, sir. Me too. We got a whole bunch of guests here. The VSP family is in the house. We got topics for you like ASU football. We're going to talk some baseball around the whole league. We got a guy, West Coast specialist, East Coast specialist. Um, your boy Delmo's in the house. We'll get the intros out of the way. But first, wanted to let you know down there at the bottom, like it says, you got at AZ underscore VSP for Instagram and Twitter. Go follow us there. You're right here on YouTube already. But you can also catch us over on Facebook. We sometimes do some content over there. And we'll always let you know when we're streaming and doing these events. Anyway, let's get right to it, Mike. I'm Like you said, I'm stoked to be here. You're stoked to be here. I didn't uh, forget to unmute myself. So I think we're off to a good start already. Hey, you're headed in the right direction, man. That's all that matters. All right. So what do you say? We bring them all in uh, floodgate style or bring them on one at a time? Uh, let's do one at a time. Give them all a little proper intro. All right. Perfect. Well, then you know him. You love him. Back, back and better than ever and beautiful as ever. Delmo. What, what up, up, brother? Yo, yo. What's going on, boys? How's it going? Dude, ready I'm tired, talk, but talk some I'm ready. Sports. We're ready, I got man. Nice, got a nice drink here with the Cardinals cup. Yeah. You guys I got, got my, anything you sipping is, on? I got my, uh, I got, I'm drinking around one too. And then I got my little Phoenix Suns. Uh, it's, it's like a sneaky t shirt. I like it sometimes. Nice. Subtle, subtle but sleek. I like it. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Next. Also back and also beautiful. You've seen him last time, first appearance ever. Back for a second time, Mr. Ben Miller. Live from Texas. Uh, How are you, sir? Sco, and I cannot stress this enough, Devils. Hell yeah. Ben, you're fitting the part, man. The ASU guy's in the house. Welcome, man. It's good to see you again. You know, if you're going to be a homer, you might as well just go all out. It's true. Mike, do you want to go ahead and introduce our last guest? Yeah, uh, so this gentleman is a new face to Valley Sports Plug. I actually worked with him at the valley of the sun ymca he was a former sports director um, i kind of threw him into the fire as a, a preschool coach so i'm sure he still holds a little bit of grudge uh to me with that but uh please help me welcome raymond raymond what's going on man uh-oh he's here to the there, there he is oh, no. what happened what's going on i'm not doing it chris is that you did you did you click there he is there he is that might have been my fault my hands are off you're in what's going on man um first and foremost mike i don't hold a grudge against you anymore that was actually a pretty cool experience um it's actually a pretty cool experience yeah so super excited to be here guys super excited to talk some sports and uh let's get to it hell yeah i love it we're happy to have you happy to have all you guys and uh yeah i love that let's get right to it um, we got Mr. Ben Miller here to talk about ASU, if you couldn't tell. Uh, he is our expert and go-to guy on all things Arizona State football and basketball and badminton and shuffleboard and field hockey. All right, maybe not all that stuff. But Ben, so far what we're looking at, um, broad overview, high level, we got ASU beat NAU 40-3. to um, Does that mean so much? Uh, in, in a word... No, 
Absolutely not. So this team, we are coming on to a team that's been raked by controversy over the last few months and has had a horrible offseason. We have offloaded most of our either two, three, four-year starters from the last few years and basically the core of the Herm Edwards era at ASU for to the transfer portal with only two draft picks actually leaving to go to the NFL last year. Um, so the main thing is that this is an entirely new roster. We have no idea. There was very little expectations. The Athletic had ASU down to be uh, tied with Colorado for under six wins this season. I'm a little bit more hopeful. I think that they're going to have between seven and eight um, with maybe a, a rough rival game ahead of us, though. But we have over 43 new players to the ASU roster. You, We're going to live by the portal and die with the transfer portal. And so we saw that happening right now. We had a ton of talent come in. I believe we have um, more quarterbacks than our current O-line uh, depth chart. But um, it's actually proven to be good for us. With Emory Jones coming in from Florida uh, and showing off some of the SEC talent into the, uh, the season opener against NAU. An NAU team that did uh, last year embarrass U of A in Tucson for the first time in over 90 years. So it's... It's exciting to see uh, what happens when you have no expectations for a season, and it's only going to lead to heartbreak as we go into a next five-game series where we have number 11, Oklahoma State, on the road this coming Saturday. We have uh, Utah, USC, uh, all of these top-tier Pac-12 teams, some of whom have already been embarrassed, uh, looking at Oregon specifically. But we are going to have a very rough go of it for the, for the first half of the season. Yeah, and that's th- thanks for bringing that up. I was going to talk about Oklahoma State matchup because both teams want to know. Obviously, you get that scrub game out of the way. They put that on the schedule just to, you know, get grease the wheels a little bit, get the season flowing. But Oklahoma State is... I, I say only an 11 point favorite, but as a team that's ranked 11 in the country right now, to only be a, only again only be an 11 point favorite over ASU is the national um, perception a little bit. Oh, are they over buying ASU or anyone else? I mean, feel free to chime in. Yeah, I would say that they are definitely. They don't know what to take about ASU, where we are expected, there's no expectations with such a new roster and a new core group, where everyone is looking to have a breakout season, especially when you look at the transfer portal of people coming in, and they may be on their COVID year, their fourth, fifth, maybe sixth year on a active NCAA roster, where this is their chance to show out and shine and maybe make it to that next level, which is what has been known for ASU coming in, which having like breakout stars like Rashad White going to the third round of last year. Uh, and he's now at Tampa Bay and is expected to be their uh, their key rookie moving forward. So ASU has what it takes with, a, with the coaching staff that it's had to produce NFL talent, but it's going to lead to some very ugly and inconsistent football that we're going to see play out every Saturday moving forward. I agree. It's going to be it's going to be interesting because they had this model in mind coming in. Uh, it was going to be an NFL style model, kind of get these guys ready to go, and it's working to a to an extent. You got guys like Chase Lucas who really 
no one expected to make a roster, and he made the Lions roster. That could be because it's a Lions roster. It could just be because Chase figures it out. But Chase is a lot older, too, than a regular college guy. I think he's probably, I think, 24 or 25, I thought, that I remember hearing correctly. He's because he stayed an extra year at ACU. Um, yeah, looking forward to seeing him shot over it with the Bucks, especially because they kind of don't know what they're doing with Buccaneer or with their running backs. But uh, this season, I don't, I don't know too much what to expect other than we know a little bit about the Florida quarterback. Um, you know, they can play. Obviously, he played in the SAC, so he's in good shape there. But uh, no. I will say the, the first quarter, especially for me, was kind of disheartening. I didn't watch the game. I was running around doing stuff, but I was checking my phone, and I saw our first drive with like 11 minutes left. We were driving down the field, so I was like, all right, we're in good shape. I checked my phone again at the end of the first quarter, and we're only up three against NAU, and that's usually a, that's usually not a great sign if you only got three points on your in-state punching bag, and that's kind of what they are. So it's been uh, it's been it's, it's it's been tough to follow this year. It's been really tough. Yeah, Davey, I, I just like you, I didn't really watch the game. I, I honestly didn't even keep track of it either. But just looking at the box score, it kind of stands out that Emory Jones didn't have a passing touchdown. They just looks like they had it on the ground. And I see what you're saying, three points in the first quarter. Like you, I mean, is it uncommon to be like, okay, it's expected we're going to smash NAU and then kind of move on? Um, Mike, have you been uh, following ASU football or U of A football in particular? Uh, not as much. I did uh, kind of catch the all 22, I guess you could say, from both of those games. Uh, and exactly to Davey's point, I mean, starting so slow and not really getting, you know, a true score on the board in the first quarter is I don't like that from teams. You know, I, I don't want to be going to the second quarter uh, without some good points on the board and not really scoring anything within those 15 minutes. Uh, I mean, it was run heavy for ASU. You know, uh, Valade had 116 and two touchdowns. Emory Jones had two touchdowns on the ground as well. So at least he did uh, get on the box score there. Uh, one of the other things I did see from that game was uh, I believe ASU had two pick six um, called back uh, from penalties. And that can speak to what Ben was talking about beforehand, where um, I think ASU is the highest penalized team after week one. Or is that stretching back to even before this year, Ben? I mean, that's stretching back. The, the Herm Edwards era of ASU has been noted for just penalties, and it's all penalties that don't that happen on the line. It's going to be your offensive line or defensive line, a lack of discipline when it comes to actually waiting for the call to happen and the 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 ball to actually start moving. Um, but the thing that we notice is that we may have a explosive offense where. You know, we can get these pick sixes. The defense will just be jumping over people to get at balls, but it's going to be negated by these continued uh, penalties that we see happen consistently. I mean, thinking back to last year, looking at almost every single game, thinking BYU against ASU uh, comes up to be the number one thought about that, where the Sun Devils had, I think, almost 200 penalty yards. And don't quote me on that. That's just a guess. But just watching that game, it looked like it. But just thinking about this past game is what shocked me is how slow it took the Sun Devils to actually start out and go towards having an efficient offense. It didn't take, I mean, Valde was absolutely amazing in the second half, but he did not get a run past one, two yards until the second half of the game. 
And that was uh, a tough, it was especially seeing someone come in from rushing over a thousand yards last season with Wyoming and be the number one uh, running back candidate in the transfer portal coming into ASU. But seeing him have a, such a slow start at that next level was making me wonder, does he make the jump to this next step? Where Wyoming may have been a great team last year, but that's not even a Pac-12 team that's competing against now Big 12, ACC, SEC teams where we're not going to be competing for a national championship, but we at least want to try to make a good bowl game. Yeah, I think our transfer guys are in, in the – they're in – I, I will say, just going back to the pen, penalties, this has been a thing since Erickson. The ASU has been one of the most penalized teams in the nation every year for I, I don't know how long. I mean, it's it's since I was a kid. This has been – I mean, going back to Vontez, uh, ripping off ba- Barkley's helmet, going after Barkley, all that kind of stuff. Chase Lucas constantly, constantly was – arguing and fighting with people to the point where he had personal foul penalties almost every game it felt like for four seasons because he was with us for so long um jack uh god is it jack what's our uh cornerback he was transferred from usc two years ago uh he's still with us um god he's pretty good but really highly penalized when it comes to defensive pass interference Jack Jones, uh, I believe. Jack Jones, yeah. So no, he he, he plays for uh, New England now. Oh, see, okay. So he last year, uh, and specifically the year that he got he transferred because he was it was supposed to be huge for us. There were so many times where he made these game breaking plays, but then turns out it was because he was holding, knocking dudes over, and played aggressive. And obviously, he's playing in the NFL, so maybe that was the plan all along, but. This uh, this team, its offensive line, um, it's 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 going to be tough. There's been so many changes, uh, and on top of that, losing your best recruiter in Pierce. Um, I mean, he was he was really the engine for the team. The idea was that Herm was just going to kind of be a general manager, almost is what the idea was. And I still feel like that we're we kind of we're in the Stone Ages based off of what our offensive run and it's. It'll work against teams like NAU. And, yeah, uh, our running back, he'll, he'll rush for 100 yards, but our quarterback won't throw for any. You saw Jaden Daniels. Uh, not that Jaden Daniels really performed any better than he has in the past with LSU the other night, but um, well, we can talk about that. Uh, I would we- love to. It was, a great, uh, it was a great night for me. I, I'm yeah. so glad that he lost. It's so I love Mike Norvell. I think that he should have gotten a shot possibly with us. And um, you know, to be honest, at this point, I'd prefer Todd Graham over Herm Edwards. That's where I'm at. Oh, and, and I know he's available, Doug. Uh, I used to he used to drive me crazy too, though. So um, yeah, Mike, Nor- Mike Norvell, the way he's climbed up the coaching ladder has been cool to watch. And then just kind of the way Jane Daniels did things is. Um, we were actually having this conversation the other day with my brother. He thinks that if Jane Daniels would have stayed, ASU would have gotten a harsher penalty than what they're going to end up getting. Um, but since he left, it's going to help them in the long run, is what he said. And uh, I guess, I, mean, I don't know, he, this, NA, this uh, NIL deal, they're going to be tough for ASU until um, these alumni get together and you know they really figure something out. 
um, because you can only transfer. You can only get some of the guys in the transfer portal before even these, like, I mean, Deion Sanders' team. Come on. They're, they're going to start taking dudes that usually end up on rosters like ours because of who they have and, and their other, not just um, alumni, but just backing because of Deion Sanders. So I'm interested in seeing. Would uh, you take I, Ian, the guy that picks bad teams on your roster, though? Always, especially all Ian's doing is trying to push Kevin Durant away right now. I love it. Talking shit to him on Twitter. Damn. All right. He just got here and he's already talking shit. What's going on, Ian? Hey. Happy uh, to have he's you. Talking shit. I can't hear him. I can't hear him. Hear him. Yeah. Are you talking, Ian? I Sorry, I was on movement. mute. Can you hear me now? Uh, I was going to say, I could, leave, I could see his mouth moving. Yeah, we can. <laughs> beard. I hear you. Yeah, I've been talking shit to Kevin Durant on Twitter. It's really easy. Keep Has that he responded up, to you man. yet? No, I don't think he's going oh, to. Oh, he's going to. He's going to be like, has, oh, look has at his this burner responded? Has who? Oh. Has, it, has his burner account responded to you yet? Oh, no. He comes straight for the kill now. Straight off for the KD account. <laughs> he's not worried about anything. Yeah, you, you just don't go anymore. He's just going for it. So I don't want to derail the conversation too much, yeah. but I want to, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, Raymond, but I'm curious. Uh, are you keeping up with ASU football? Are you an ASU guy? I see you with the LA Dodgers hat. So now that Ian's here, maybe we can hash out some uh, some East Coast, West Coast baseball chat. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Let me know if you guys get any feedback. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, yeah, no, I was ASU. Yeah, you know, it's I think so, yeah. A little bit, a little bit. Wait, everybody try and mute. Everybody try and mute. If we all mute ourselves. Yeah. Mute yourself. Try it again. How's that? How's that? No, we're still getting the feedback, man. I'm sound sorry. like you're in one of those commercials. Uh, you know, no, no. Let me let me let me No worries. Way to go, Chris. Put him on the spot and this shit breaks. <laughs> well, I mean, we had to find out eventually, right? But better to do it now than uh, than wait too long. It's true. It's true. Hey guys, we're still we're still working out the kinks. You know, it's not it's not so easy, but. Um, yeah, Ian's here. I think I, I I muted him, and now there we go. He's unmuted again. Perfect. We got yeah. the technical difficulties out of the way. What What do we think? What do you think? How How many touchdowns did he give Oklahoma State? Oh man, I mean, Ian, you want to take that one? <laughs> I don't know if Ian's gonna be uh, ready to be put on the spot about ASU football. Oh, not Ian, at all. You, Ian, who do you follow football wise, uh, college, or do you not? Um, I don't really follow football. Uh, I consider it a regional thing. It's just not as popular on the East Coast. But, I mean, if I had to pick, I'm going Giants. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. You're, like you're not going to go with the, the greatest football, fantasy football name of all time, the Book of Mormons and the uh, <laughs> New York Jets? <laughs> the Book of Mormons. That was a pretty good one. That right. reminds me, though, I'm getting pulled into a fantasy football draft. Nice. I have six pick overall. Who the hell do I take? Dalvin Cook. No, don't take Dalvin Cook. Unless, no, no, you take 
and let hopefully one of those receivers are available for you. You take Demar Chase or Justin Jefferson. Or Justin, at six if they're available. If, but if, yes, oh, Davey's only if, saying that because he no, got no, 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 no. Of them. At that's six, the only way that at six, Najee should be there, unless people are really big fans. He should be right there. And I was going to take Najee first over or second overall yesterday in a pig almost. Um, but you know what? I'm there's only a twenty five dollar league, so I figured I, I'll just chance with Christian McCaffrey again and pray, pray to God. Oh, good luck. That league. Yeah. Good you know, luck. It is what it is. All right, Raymond, heat ch- uh, I almost said heat check. Uh, mic check. <laughs> mic check. Can you guys hear me better? Much That's better. better. You're oh, solid. Yeah, loud and clear. No headphones, man. It's 2022. No more headphones. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, so I went to ASU. So, I mean, I, I keep up with as much as possible. Um, a few years ago with baseball a little bit, but too much sports. But, no, man, I'm, I, you know, I'll, I'll kind of go on the opposite. I, I, I actually have some good hope for this ASU football team this year. Um, that running back that they picked up, uh, Valade, um, I did a little research on him. You know, he was a guy that averaged – he had over 3,000 yards um, in his career over at Wyoming. So, I think pairing him with – Emory Jones, if Emory can figure out a little bit of the passing game, uh, I think that's an explosive offense right there. You know, obviously penalties are a concern. Um, we talked about this, about it in length without me as well. But yeah, no, I got some faith in the team. Um, I think my biggest concern for this roster uh, is really just going to be that pass rush. Um, I think at one point last year, they went like five straight games without recording a single sack. Like, you know, in the Pac 12, you know, seven, eight wins is good enough but you know when it comes to fbs as a total eight wins isn't enough and you're definitely not going to do anything you know only having a sack once every couple games so yeah no i'm excited um i think they have a good squad um really like i said my biggest concern is that 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 rush so after this first test with nau obviously we talked about kind of the slow start but at the end of the day they did win 40 to 3 so they handled business uh, I guess Ben and Raymond for both of you guys as our ASU aficionados. Um, are, how are you feeling about going into uh, this week two matchup with Oklahoma State? And I'm pretty sure it's it's at Oklahoma, right? Right. Yeah. It's in in Stillwater, which if you have ever been to Oklahoma or the city of Stillwater, you would want to leave immediately. And <laughs> it is. It's, it's not going to be good. It is We're going to face the Cowboys in their home turf, and they have, are the bastard child of the Big 12. They have a chip on their shoulder being overlooked by uh, Texas, being back every single year for the past 20 years and yet not being, um, and then also Oklahoma just coming. So with both of those programs leaving, along with Baylor too, just being there just constantly, they are going to be – they all – are always overlooked and are looking for a chance to show out. So they're going to come in. They are going to probably think less of us as a team and not expect to um, face a stiff resistance, which is why the lines are at that 11 points that you guys mentioned. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think we talked about it, right? I wouldn't put too much emphasis on that NAU start. I mean, realistically, they were going into that game. They're playing a very vanilla offense, very vanilla defense. They're not really putting too much emphasis onto the game. You, you know, we talked about it, right? They have so many transfers and such a brand new roster. You know, this is it, it almost felt like a preseason game, right? Let's let's get the guys some reps. Let's figure it out. Let's try some different schemes. 
And yeah, you know, if if we go into this next game and we come out of the gate and just punch them in the mouth, you know, they're not going to expect it. I mean, I think realistically, if you have a start like NAU where it's three nothing going into the first quarter, end of the first quarter, oh, it's game over. But I think if they come out all cylinders firing right and you limit the penalties, I mean, you know, we could be having a completely different conversation down the road. Yeah, if we if we end up losing in a like a Penn State versus uh, Purdue style where it's a punch in the mouth like punch 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 and it's 23-22, I think we'd be very very happy to lose that game and leave it. Uh, the thing that I get worried about is looking at the later season where we have a one game that matters more than every other game throughout the entire season, and that's U of A ASU for the Territorial Cup. And coming across uh, now, realizing that I had to go through college and see ASU lose multiple times, and now we're in this resurgence where we've won seven of the last Territorial Cups, uh, I'm very worried that U of A with a top 25 recruiting class has some uh, great new pieces from transfers and a head coach that's looking to make a splash in year two, that they are really going to come out and, uh, and challenge us. Yeah. I think that uh, that's their one goal for the year this year, get as many of these guys playing in this top 25 class. Cause there's a bunch of freshmen. There's a bunch of, solid athletes that are playing for them that are young but they're going to get all the reps because you all U of a cares about this year is improving from last year and beating asu and then after that then they can focus on next year moving in and probably i mean depending on how it goes they could be looking at being a top 14 back 12 next year especially if um uh if uh they play the way they should with this class that they got um so I, it's not going to be fun to watch if things go south. Um, I did want to – Ray, you mentioned that it was like a vanilla offense for us in the first half. My issue with that is is it's always a vanilla offense when it comes to Herm Edwards and his teams. There's not – they take a shot every seven or eight plays, and usually because their quarterback doesn't throw the ball often, it's way off. Jaden Daniels was way off last year all the time on the deep throws because it was just – run, 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 and then, oh, we're going to play action and try and throw it deep. And that only worked out so well for Darby um, last year. And then, um, I don't know, I from I don't even – I couldn't even tell you a, a name of a wide receiver on our roster. So that's the other issue is we lost all of our key receivers. I mean, uh, we lost Pearsall, and he he's, like, local, and he just left. Like, for him to leave ASU, it's – I know NIL and everything like that, but uh, that's what it, that's what worries me about Herm Edwards. As long as Herm Edwards, along, uh, he's okay with run the ball, run the ball, and hope that your defense gets a pick six or two a game. But at the same time, if he can't make sure that his team is uh, um, ready as far as penalties go, then he's just going to bite himself in the ass there. Um, and that's been my main complaint over the last few years of watching Edwards era is it's just – it's it's real complacent is what it is is and 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 he's okay with he's okay with the six to three game at halftime, but all it takes like Oklahoma State I mean they can they can run off twenty eight points in a quarter um, it's not going to be 
that's not going to be something that we can do. I don't think that we can do it against a team that has an actual uh, defense. You know what I mean? And like you said, NAU was a that's a preseason game. That's what that's what those are for. They're they're warm up games. Um, and every once in a while they win one like they did against U of A. But yeah, I think this is it. I think uh, Herm Edwards is going to get one more year to figure it out through all this. Uh, bullshit with the investigation and and if something happens to the investigation then it's easy for them to fire him you're not going to be able to hire a coach in the middle of an investigation no one's going to jump on that job so it's kind of where we're at here if you can if you can get to a bowl game this year and win a bowl game that'd be impressive uh something that he has not done yet is win a bowl game yeah so wow it's just... not even not any bowl game and, and, and that's the thing too. It's like that uh, Ricky Pearsall, as you were saying, like he's from Tempe. He went to Corona del Sol. Uh, me and MFC's uh, alma mater. Um, but he, any wide receiver. Oh, ben, ben Miller doesn't know, dog. Mine oh, too, and, oh, and, and, too. And 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 mine too. And mine. Mike. Ben, Mike. And this ben, I'm the same class as your brother, dog. And what the hell, Mike? You said resident <laughs> ASU Which person. One? I also paid my fifty thousand dollars in tuition. Which one? Davy, I'm so sorry, man. Just kidding. I'm not an expert on ASU <laughs> at all right now. Like I said, I just. I don't man, think anybody ASU. can put on ASU. Yes. Well, yeah, especially it's, the football team, unless you're like Ben. You seem to know quite a bit of the transfer portal, um, and it's really hard to keep up with because there's so many people in and out just rosters in general across the um, NCAA. So it's been, it's so weird that the transfer portal is the way it is. Cause now it's, it's really is just free agency. Yeah. With the it, loosened restrictions is. and what, and whatnot, it's crazy. And, and that's the point too, where now the NCAA is starting to catch up a little bit with the different rules around transfer portal, where they are instituting a, regulatory period where you have a window in which you need, you can start doing it versus when you cannot. For basketball, for example, the first day that you can declare to be a transfer is the week after uh, Selection Sunday. So it's in the middle of the first weekend of March Madness is when everyone can go and just declare they're going to be a new transfer and declare that, which leads to people, maybe even mid-tournament saying, you know what? Yeah, I uh, oh, my team just got bounced from the tournament. See ya. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. And, which is it's a crazy time, and you know the, the kids really deserve a chance to have some more uh, stability and learn, be able to learn from coaches and have some of that that mindset and see like learn some grit and see what it takes to like go through a system and like earn the reps. But also, if you're gonna be looking for the greener pastures and going off to someplace where, you know what, I could be the starter. I could be the guy. Then that's going to take, that's going to be the thing that's really attractive to a lot of people. A big part too, is also the national coverage, right? You know, Jaden Daniels never got his roses because he's playing games at midnight on the East coast, you know, now he's on ESPN, you know, it's like, that's a real good part of the team, right? And I have a fun fact about that. So, when we're looking at conference realignment and everything that's happening right there, too, we have 
USC, UCLA going towards the Big Ten and just leaving the Pac-12 founding members over 100 years ago. And the number of all this is college football and ratings and the amount their TV deals uh, can actually put forth. Whereas the Big Ten is paying out what something around the ways of 70 to 80 million per Big Ten school per year just from their football TV contracts. And so that's going to be very attractive to a lot of schools as they're making decisions on where to go as this new uh, sign of realignment comes forward. And the piece that is going to be really interesting is that for the Pac-12, and the future is very uncertain as a whole now that USC and UCLA are leaving, is what's going to happen? Are you, ASU and U of A, are we going to jump over to the Big 12 and be playing Texas Tech and Baylor in the central time zone? Or are we, is the Pac-12 as it stands as a Pac-10 going to stick together? And the biggest driving point when it comes to ratings is that we own, as the Pac-12, as the West Coast, we own Pac-12 After Dark, where we are the only games being played on the East Coast in the central time zone past 10 p.m. So when you see all the degenerate gamblers that have seen their bets go, they're winning, they're losing, and they're like, I need to either go drown my sorrows or I'm going to go to the club. They're going and looking at the Pac-12 going, well, I guess, you know, the this ASU-Oregon State game is on. I guess I'll bet on that. And they're going to watch that. So as when you're looking at so, the average ratings, yeah. So I'm just curious, though. So it sounds like you want to appeal to degenerate gamblers over Christian men who want to go to church on Sunday, so they have to get to bed at a reasonable hour on Saturday. Listen, I spent enough time in Texas to know that uh, you will find both. I was going to say, you just stand all in the same as far as I'm concerned. They're all there the same. Go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, and, and that's the thing, is that when you look at the, a possible merger between the Big 12 and the Pac-12 to, to create a third superpower conference between the Big 10, SEC, and whatever conglomeration this all is, uh, you're going to find out that every single Pac-12 game, for the most part, is averaging over a million, 1.25 views, compared to Big, Big 12 games where an Iowa State-Kansas football game is averaging like 300,000 viewers, and that's only in Lawrence and uh, Ames, Iowa, where they're playing. Would you say that's a portion from the fact that, let's say, obviously you have bars that are open all night. Those are the games that are on, whereas if the Iowa State game's on, guess what's also on? A Florida-Utah game or something like that. Um, these uh, these games in the middle of the day really get overshadowed, and you don't see them. You don't, unless it's a Pac-12 team playing against a top tier team they're playing at night no matter what you know and for for arizona like i don't think that it's safe for players or anyone to be in those stands at sun double stadium uh pre the sun going down in september um so the main thing is that we are not going to have that competition yes. we're not going to have a time slot where we're trying to play against a a texas a&m versus bama game or ohio state clemson we're not going to we're going to have to challenge that because we will be the only thing left on the air that is still football when there's still a lot of football left to be played. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the Pac-12 has got some 
adjusting to do, that's for sure, if they want to stay afloat. But at the same time, you know, the NCAA is going to do whatever they can to make sure they do because there's just no way to not keep a Western uh, region conference going. There's, it doesn't make any sense at this rate. But at the same time, if, if, you're, if your powerhouse might be U of A next year, then you maybe they will look at blowing this stuff up as don't, fast as Don't possible. you dare speak that to existence. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to see. It's gonna be, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, last thing I want to ask you, uh, Ben, on the on the ASU subject, uh, just for my degenerate gambling habit, ASU over under 58 points against Oklahoma State. Not them, the whole the whole game, whatever. That's the Ooh. line, over 58, I, over under 58. You know, that's tough. Based on the offense we just saw where – it's going to take X validate a little bit to it took him a little bit to even get up and start running against NAU against Oklahoma State defense that's well known and respected. I'm going to say I'm going to take the under. The, the only way we're going to do that over is if Oklahoma State starts running up the ball on us, which yeah, is a distinct possibility. Yeah, if, if it's over, it's going to be because Oklahoma State beats us by 45. I don't expect ASU to score <laughs> over 30 regularly against these teams. Fair enough. Chef's yeah. taking, taking the over. Chef's taking the over. You don't think ASU can muster up three scores in this game? I feel like they could. It just depends. It's Why would they want to? It doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't work towards their roster. Why would you want to yeah. score more than three times? If you if you're doing it right, you're running ten minutes off the clock. You're running the ball well. You're controlling it, and you're hoping that your defense makes a stand because that's how Herm Edwards plays, and that's how if we want to win some games this year, that's what's going to be like. It's not going to be fun to watch always, but that's how he wins games, and that's how he's going to continue to win games unless uh, uh, Emory Jones starts taking off and uh, all of a sudden wide receivers start coming out of the woodwork that haven't already. Um, it's going to be a lot of running, which is okay, I guess, but it's it's. As far, as far as gambling goes, uh, under it, it's got to be a fairly safe bet when it comes to ASU playing against regular teams because they want to put teams in a position to where they're playing a more NFL-style game. NFL, uh, lots of running, lots of running, play action, kind of setting themselves up. So um, I'm with Ben on the under for sure. All right. Well, I'm going to place a bet for the under, and we'll see how that pays off for me. But I, I another hope you lose. I probably will, because speaking of my degenerate gambling habit, I've been uh, doing some baseball parlays here over the past couple of days, and it's confusing to me how a team like the St. Louis Cardinals, who have just been absolutely killing it, can lose to a team like the Washington Nationals, which has been doing the exact opposite of killing it. And I know baseball, they ebbs and it flows, and there's streaks, um, but... One thing you can bet on, apparently, is Aaron Judge hitting a home run. Uh, Ian, I want to finally bring you bring you on, give you the floor. You've been waiting patiently through all this ASU talk and uh, and football chat. So Aaron Judge, like I said, 54 home runs. I, when I was doing my prep last night, I don't think he hit one today. Um, on pace for 65 to match A-Rod in 2007. What, it, what are your thoughts on him and the Yankees right now? Well, I just learned from you that A-Rod hit 65 home runs in 2007. That's impressive. <clears throat> but um, even if if I try to be as optimistic as I possibly can, it still 
there's still a, a lingering thought in the back of my mind that this guy actually could break the record and then immediately leave. And that really, really sucks. Um, of the, not only the season, but the future of the team is really up in the air, I think. Uh, especially, like, we di- we don't know. The, the, the general manager since 2009 has showed an unwillingness to shell out for big free agents. And I don't know how that's going to work when Aaron judge is now 30 years old and coming to, you know, his free agency. I I think he deserves a big paycheck. I just don't know if the Yankees are going to give him one. And we might end up in a situation where if they don't at least win the pennant, um, it might be best for both parties to just walk away and end it and kind of move on. But that being said, uh, yeah, I'm stoked that he's, going for the record at the very least as long as he hits if he breaks maris's record as far as i'm concerned he's the home run king um is that record the yankees like team record for home runs yeah that would be the team i'm sorry i totally forgot about hank aaron um yeah it is is the record you know i think it's the american league Yeah, it would be the American League and the Yankees record, but Hank Aaron would have the national the National League record if you're not counting Bonds. Right. For the, oh, yeah. Bonds Hank Aaron the Giants too. Hold on, time out a second. What? Barry Bonds record stands, dog. Go <laughs> out, go out. I don't go take steroids for a year and hit a ball over the fence 70 times from a pitching machine throwing it to you 60 miles an hour. In, I'll give you all day if you hit 70 home runs. There's no way in hell steroid baseball was the best baseball. And that's why I, everybody loves Aaron, or, uh, Aaron Judge, because he resembles and he hits and he plays like steroid, steroid baseball. That's why. Pool holes, I, that's what everybody's behind it. Steroid I agree with that to a degree, but he's hitting for average as well. He's got a 302. Aaron is Judge insane. is playing out of his mind. He's playing. Yeah. Right. It's so, what, it's really refreshing to see him be able to finish a whole year. Like the, he's been, he's played a majority of the year, and I know that's been the big issue the last two years. Is it just seems to at the worst times that Aaron Judge has had those injuries. So he's been, and he's fun to watch. It's it's good for baseball, uh, where you have the opposite over with what's going on with Tatis. Uh, Aaron Judge doing what he's doing is good for baseball, even if it's for the Yankees. Ian. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. I'd, I'd be interested to see where he ends up if he decides to not resign. It's got to be a team like you, you would assume a team like St. Louis. I can. I like the switch, Ben. Impressive. Impressive. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Houston. Houston's not one to spend a ton of money on guys, though. They're usually able to figure themselves out at least over like the last six or seven years. But you I've can been always. You a know, lot of- yeah. Yeah. You know, those NL West teams. For being teams on the West Coast, spend money like it's going out of style. Even the Dimebacks spend money that they shouldn't spend. Um, and it, on free agents, not on their own guys. Uh, like, I mean, except Yasmani Tomas. Yeah, well, it was, a, it was a shot in the dark, man. It sucks that we I, were the one to miss on a Cuban, but it's been, it's, it's not, it's rough. And you can blame it also sure on the previous scary. administration. Yeah, they're awful. I'm really looking forward to. I'm not. This is sounds. This sounds awful, and it almost came out awful. I'm interested in seeing how much 
Hazen has involved in the team moving forward, or if it's going to be a, I need to take some time and continue to help with my family or because I mean, he's great. He's done, I think well for the Diamondbacks, at least for the most part, obviously it's not fun. Uh, I, Hazen was before or after the Goldschmidt chain trade. During. During. So yeah. Before, so before, yeah. To, to be the guy to help with that, but no, was but wasn't, I thought, I swear to God, it was La Russa that traded Goldschmidt. I, I'll look into that. I don't think so though. Cause that wasn't too, too long ago. That was in the pretty recent pass. I think, isn't this his fifth year with the Cardinals now? Oh, wow. His Has wife it been that long already? Last month. Yeah. I, I didn't realize it until I was looking. I wasn't looking till today because I was looking at the Dimebacks over the last 30 games. And, uh, yeah, the other, that, that three-game sweep where St. Louis and Paul Goldschmidt got his uh, standing ovation, which is weird to me because he's, he's been back here a ton. But I know it's fun for – Dimebacks fans to see him doing so well because he's awesome. Yeah, and it's not not like he went out on a sour note or anything. I saw they called up their number one prospect, and he was the number three prospect across all of baseball. Yeah, Corbin Carroll. Yeah, I'm excited to see what he does. I was just reading about him uh, while you guys were talking at ASU because I'm inconsiderate like that. But... uh, (laughs) Yeah, he looks like he could be good. Like this is the kind of guy I think that could like soldier some injuries and still come back and and do things. Like he could have a really long good career. It just it's a matter of whether or not it's going to be with the Diamondbacks. Yeah, he's built. He's you know what he's built like and what he built he's built just like Dansby Swanson as far as what it looks like as a baseball player. It's kind of what he reminds obviously the hair, but just uh obviously outfielder is helpful. I saw uh Raymond with the Joey Gallo three-run homer. How do you feel about that, Ian? Uh, he's been on a tear since he got traded from the Yankees. Uh, I'm pr- more proud of him than anything else. It's yeah. not some some. There's a lot of players that come to New York and just don't perform, and he's one of them. Uh, I didn't like in the beginning of the season when he was saying things like, "Well, I don't know what you expected me to do," and it's like, "Well, hit the fucking runs. baseball, man." Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it's. It's good that he's doing well, for sure. That's that's all that matters. It's going to hurt. I don't like I, I was saying for a while that it, I, I would like to see a Yankees Dodgers World Series. I don't think that's going to happen anymore because of the Yankees. But if Gallo performed against the Yankees in the World Series, that would I think I would remember that for a while. Right. Yeah. I think a big part of it, too, though, is like, you know, we talk about the expectations that these these teams have as a whole. You look at, you look at a St. Louis, you look at a Boston, you look at a New York, you look at an L.A. It's World Series or bust. You know, it's like there's so much talk about the Dodgers potentially breaking the all-time record for most wins in a season. But if they don't win a World Series, none of that matters, right? So you look at a guy like Joey Gallo, right, you know, I mean, quote me on it, right? I don't remember what the specifics of the trade package was, but it happened for him to get to New York. The expectations were set sky high. And even if he batted for average, you know, it's like that still wasn't enough. Right. So it is unfortunate. Um, I don't think there's a single person that couldn't be happy for someone like a Gallo or, or any former Yankee. But you look at it from any other roster, you know, some guys just don't work out. So when they leave, 
you got you have some kind of it's almost like a proud father moment. You're like, hey, you know, he's he's doing good. Might not be here, but it's like I'm I'm still gonna root for him. Still hope he does well. But just kind of no. like your comment, right? Just just yeah, not against no. my team. Yep, we're not rooting for him because he's wearing that blue. No, sir. Um, I do I, like that he when he was getting <laughs> traded, he he was like, you know what? I get it. I get it. I didn't do anything. I just it was almost Dude. performance anxiety. But there's such a the expectations when you're coming to the Yankees and and. And just from what you've heard of what how the clubhouse is and all of the extra things that come into it, they treat it like a legitimate corporate gig. That's you're a baseball player doing. So it's a uh, it's it, you you have to meet those expectations, and maybe that's just it. I mean, uh, yeah, I think I, I think I I've, I think it's important to know that like gallo getting traded to the dodgers it was a very different gallo than the one that got traded to the yankees like the yankees actually gave up pieces i can't even tell you who we got back for gallo i have no idea um but yeah it's it's just it's just that like he was a for lack of a better word franchise player in texas like he was the guy that people were buying tickets to go see and then when they traded for him and he didn't perform now it's a a shell of that Texas version and he's, he's diminished and it's more of like, I think, I think LA looks at him as more added depth than a cornerstone piece that the Yankees saw. And the other thing you said is, is how he was beating himself up right around the time he got traded. That was depressing as hell. He was talking about himself in past tense, like a trade had already happened and it didn't yet. He was just like, I didn't perform. I never played well with the Yankees, like saying stuff like that when he's still active on the team which is rough. Yeah, it's him being like, afraid to go out in New York where he's like being a hermit and he's yeah. afraid to like, see people in the streets just because he's like, I know I'm going to get chirped to and I can't take it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I can imagine. I couldn't imagine people that play sports in New York in general are, are there. You got to be a different breed to last as long. Like the fact that Eli Manning lasted as long as he did. Um, playing, especially because other than his Super Bowl seasons, the, the dude was a, just barely above average quarterback for the most part. His um, secret was he never left Jersey. That's true. Well, yeah, that's as long as you're on the other side of the game, you're in good shape, I guess. Um, then you can't, then you can't run into anyone and get heckled. <laughs> My One, question, I, I do have a question. Obviously, with the success of the Dodgers over the past decade, I feel like they've solidified themselves in the upper echelon with the Yankees when you start to talk about the best teams in the majors. But do you think that there there's that same kind of expectation there is with the Dodgers as there is for if you play for the Yankees? I guess, Raymond, I guess that's a perfect question for you. Um, to an extent. I mean, I, I think not really just because it's the Dodgers. I think it's in general. You know, you're talking about the two biggest sport markets in the, in the world, right? You know, there's still going to be, you know, sellout crowds for a Giants game. There's still going to be sellout crowds for a Knicks game, like sellout crowds for you know, the Clipper games. Like, it doesn't matter what the team is. It's just the market. So, no, I mean, it, it's tough, right? Because realistically, like, yes, we've had success over the last 10, 13 years. But outside of the, you know, the quote-unquote COVID ring, like, they have nothing to show for. Whereas the Yankees, you know, I think their last championship was. Oh, I'm drawing a blank. What was it, Ian? What was the last champion? 
Oh nine. Oh nine, right? Like, yeah, it was a long time ago. But I mean, that's what their twenty seventh championship ever. Whereas the Dodgers, you know, they had not won a since nineteen eighty eight. So there is there is a there is a level of you need to perform. Um, but I definitely don't think it's on par. Not not. Yet. I mean, there's there's got to be a lot that happens outside of just you know NL or divisional pennants and things like that. I think the Yankees are just. I don't think any teams are going to catch up to the Yankees anytime soon. To add on that too, I think the two things that factor into having that expectation would be the the name on the jersey when it's a when it's a Dodgers or Yankees or Cubs, Cardinals, White Sox, any any old non-expansion team like that. There's a, there's an expectation set just based on that, and then the other thing that factors in that I think does put the Dodgers a little bit closer to the Yankees would be payroll where they're definitely, I don't know if they're top right now, but they're top five in payroll. And when you, when you set that expectation of this is how much money you're making, you do want to see them perform. Yeah. And I think that again, right. That comes with a lot of different, that's right. You know, we, you know, I, I can go on a whole tangent about Cody Bellinger, right? Like Cody Bellinger is the kind of guy that could bat middle of the order, top of the order, for maybe like 10 to 15 different teams. But unfortunately, he's literally at this current moment our worst hitter. He's an automatic three strikeouts or he goes on and has a two-homer game. You know, it's, it's it's you know, I, I don't remember who made the card, but baseball is such a weird sport. Um, but, yeah, you know, you look at things like um, – are they at the top? Yep. What if you take out that, that – uh, you know who suspended contract? What does that come out to? Oh, he who shall not be named. He who shall not be named. Um, yeah, obviously the payroll is a big discrepancy, right? You know, I mean, they're they're the amount of money the team and I mean, a Dodger dog nowadays costs like fifteen bucks. It's ridiculous, but yeah, you know, payrolls are a huge part of it, but also a big part of it too is just the brand. I think that's a part that a lot of people really neglect when it comes to talking about these teams, right? You, you know. You think of these like you know you think of like a big name rapper, right? They're either wearing the big NY or the LA. You know, you very rarely see somebody in a in a rap music video wearing a Miami Marlins hat. You know, so I think I think yeah, there is some expectation, and they're close. I just think with the history and longevity the Yankees have had, I mean, it's, it's going to take a while for sure. Well, that on top of it, I think. The, the one thing with the Yankees is there was a there was a time where there was no one competitively around them when it came to competing for divisional pennants, for competing for the AL pennant. I mean, the 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 big thing I think that probably has slowed the Dodgers from being where the Yankees are as far as I mean, because the Dodgers probably could have another four or five titles in the last ten to twelve years. But they run into these, like the Giants, they find a way. Baseball has changed so much since the like uh, 90s, uh, early 2000s, to where the the Yankees roster is built like a baseball team that used to win. Lots of big hitters, lots of um, home runs, and then you hope that your pitchers can close things down, keep it low while you're – three or four home run guys are scoring runs and it just doesn't happen that way anymore. That's why you see teams like um, Tampa Bay, uh, Toronto, all, all those teams that randomly show like 
there's been teams that randomly win and it's just the last thing that you think because of the way that uh baseball is played now they it's sometimes when it comes to postseason like ian says it feels like the yankees roster doesn't always feel built or feel like it's built for the postseason and the dodgers when they did make it through they were built the same way almost obviously with quite a bit of guys that um had a lot better on base percentage um but uh and on top of that aces out of the yin yang um but uh yeah it's just it's just i get the same feeling i don't know if that's how you're feeling ian coming up on postseason that it just feels like the yankees kind of die off right at the end even though the expectation is high it's like postseason comes and the other these al teams and it's usually a random one it's not it's not the big ones. It seems like the Yankees lose to like the most randomest AL playoff team each year, um, and it's just a completely different type of uh, game that they that they play in the postseason. Yeah, I think you you nailed it. Where the Yankees over the past decade or so have been trying to collect power hitters. So for, I guess for example, now you have Judge, Stanton, Rizzo. If all three of those guys get a hit. You now have a score of three nothing because they're solo shots because they have no one on base. You need to have ducks on the pond. You need to have guys that uh, are going to be there and have the score run up. Like you look at the Dodgers, they got Mookie Betts, they got Corey Seager, they got these guys. They got Trey Turner now, don't they? Yeah, they picked him up last year. The deadline. Yeah, that's yep. that's you. You have people who can get on base and people who can run and, and, and manufacture runs instead of just hitting it over the fence. Yeah. The Yankees are very one dimensional in that regard. And it doesn't take much. It only takes one, maybe two top of the line pitchers to beat up on the Yankees. Like you got the Astros when they had Verlander and Garrett Cole, that's really all it took. You needed those two pitchers. It's everyone's going to strike out. They're not, you know, the score is not going to be close. Right. Yeah. And that's where it's just, um, I mean, I, to be honest, the last time I really watched a, a playoff postseason run in the MLB, as bad as this is uh, to say, is, is that run with the with the Cubs when they won the Super, uh, the freaking World Series. And uh, it was interesting because, I, like I said, I, I obviously, if the Dimebacks are playing, I'd watch them and you get stuck watching the Dodgers because they're they're on the West Coast. That's what's playing a lot. Because even playoff games on the on our side from the East Coast, they start still pretty early, like five o'clock, um, even prime time, which is not a time where I want to put it on a baseball game. Just in this era, like I said, I enjoyed the steroid era. I like the I love the idea of either a a team's going to hit six home runs or be the pitcher's going to completely shut you down. I, the fact that there's 19 and 20 point or run games being played almost weekly now in the MLB is insane um, compared to what it is. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, I've, I've for the last 10 to 15 years when watching the Yankees, it felt like that last run kind of even when they went and got a rod since then has been let's get this guy and let's throw three other massive bats around him and see if we can figure it out from there. Giancarlo, Judge, 
Rizzo, um, fucking Gallo, same thing. Just guys that are either going to strike out or they're going to hit. I mean, Stanton, I don't know what his on-base percentage this year is or if he, or how often he even plays because, like I said, it's I'm an ESPN MLB fan right now. It's If I see it on the highlights, it's there. I've been following a little bit more because of these um, – these young guys for the Diamondbacks, even though I care not to admit it because I'm not a huge Lavello fan. But uh, uh, I think uh, I'm interested in seeing. I, w- I would have a lot of fun if I got to watch the Yankees and Dodgers play because um, it's just everywhere you look, there's a player that you know that you're a huge fan of. Um, yeah, I would prefer Yankees Dodgers over Yankees Mets for sure. Yeah, yeah, the, I like yeah, I like that a lot more. It's like the Titans clashing. But Davey, I, I also like what you were kind of complaining about, and I want to disagree. I like I, you were saying that you don't like that there's so many games during the week. Is that was I getting that right? No, I was saying just that it's like the East Coast playoff games are harder sometimes for me to catch. Oh, the they playoff start at, They start at five o'clock. Baseball. Oh, I don't. I used to watch religiously. I can't spend. Three and a half. What would happen is I had kids. There's only oh, one man. There's only one team on this planet that I watch religiously more than once a week, and that's the Phoenix Suns. So it's it's that I can't sit and watch three and a half hours of baseball. And one of the main reasons I can't, especially being a Dimex fan, is I never know who's going to be on the diamond. I never know who's playing because Lavello, yeah, rotates the roster like it's a rotating like. Like, why did Cattell Marte get moved so often after he had solidified the fact that he was an all-star second baseman? Why was he still being moved back and forth? Get these guys going and and just, I don't know. I'm interested in seeing. Uh, Davey, you're striking a nerve. I am I get, every time I hear Tori Lovello's name, I'm just not a huge fan. I kind of flip-flop on it, but I'm not a fan. But I did want to just jump. No, go ahead. insane. I just think that I like this year when he got the like most wins by a Diamondbacks manager. I had no idea, but I think that's just because every time we get a manager, the dude like retires after four or five years. Well, um, it's not like the oldest franchise either. I mean, we had Bob yeah. Brenly, then a slew of random people, and then Tori Lovello, and that's our whole history. So, yeah, yeah, makes sense. Bob so, Melvin. But Bob Melvin, there you go, there you go. But I, I was just bringing up that point to say I love that there are games all throughout the week and 18 whatever games. I don't think it's 18 games. However many teams there are divided by two. But that's because I can bet on more games. The more games there are, the more betting I can do. I guarantee you, anyone watching, this wasn't supposed to become a degenerate gambling stream. But Ben, uh, he kind of messaged me on the side here, and he he wants to share with you uh, his gambling strategy for the MLB that's a little unhinged, but uh, produces results. Now, now, let me tell you. Guys, I have a great parlay for you. No, it's not a parlay, but you can if you're even more unhinged than me. So I would say I am pro more games, and I want them to do whatever they can to keep these pitchers pitching out, no hitters, nothing else. I want the lowest scoring games possible because the greatest bets that I've made or that I've seen made uh, are no runs in the first inning. And you just copy and paste that bet across every single game in the week. And I've seen people make more money than I would care to admit just by doing that. Copy, paste, repeat, repeat, repeat. No runs first inning. And that's it. It's simple. It's beautiful. And it is unhinged. 
and degenerate, I would say. Holy shnikes. Yeah, you're, ta- you're talking about placing like 10 to 15 bets on any given day? I, I'm talking about like placing 10 $30 bets with a max like money make of $25 per bet if it hits. And just copy, paste, repeat. It is safe. It is easy. And if you do it in the macro, you can make some money. Ben, is, I think you, is this, I think you have a homework assignment, man. You got to bring back a, a little bit more stats for us next time, man. We got to see the spreadsheets. Yeah, absolutely. This is a huge part of sports nowadays, especially as it starts to be legalized everywhere. And you know, there's all kinds also, of idiots like uh, I also, a person that betting on a five-team MLB parlays, knowing damn well that it's any given Tuesday night with six thousand people in the crowd. A five-team parlay. No hair or no runs, and that's what you're hoping for. Now, I don't know in what the first inning. I just got to jump in real quick. I don't know what the YouTube terms of service say about giving ad- gambling or financial advice. So, if, if there's any disclaimer that I need to put in here, that we are not by any means giving advice on how you should gamble or spend your money, um, only Ben sharing his strategy, I guess. I, and uh, I, I his, would say, uh, g- Gambling is illegal in the state of Texas, and I do not participate in this matter. All right. Well, also, make uh, sure not to place that bet on Blake Snell. But yeah. That's that's advice that I'm giving Ben directly. I'm not giving that to our audience. Gambling-wise, I did want to see if this is true. And, Ian, you'll probably know. Is it true that in New Jersey you can't bet on your like home team? I have no idea. I've never heard of that, to be honest. I heard this thing the other day. A guy was talking about a college football vet, and he was in New Jersey at his bookie. It was a it was a TikTok, but it was it was the guy saying like I put uh, over on this team and over on this team, and then I'm I'm gonna take the spread on Rutgers, and it and they were like, no, oh I can't do that. Okay, that's against the law. True, actually, it's only college t- teams that you can't bet on in New Jersey. So Rutgers, Monmouth, Seton Hall. Really? That's bizarre. I don't under that seems really arbitrary. Oh. Is the idea because they're kids playing sports? Maybe I don't know. I don't well, know. I mean, we know that how ASU that how that turned out um, as far as kids and uh, degenerate gamblers go. So, um, they, well, they, it goes very up, well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for the gamblers especially. Um, yeah, I guess it makes sense. You can get a hold of kids pretty easily before the NIL. Shit, maybe now it's even easier. Well, now you can legally speak about, about easy and legally paying. Uh, out here in Texas, they're doing some wild things. SMU, Southern Methodist, Pony Excess, they're not going to be paying uh, every single one of their uh, men's football and basketball athletes $35,000 a year. Makes time. sense. What the hell? I mean, like these teams, even SMU, they're profiting in margins of like the thousands, probably. It's 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 probably way more than we can even imagine, unless they're doing massive changes. Uh, like I'm sure ASU at one point when we were going through all those changes, where Todd Graham was donating salary to do the um, stadium and stuff like that, which I still think is mentally insane. Um, that he did that 
um, because why would you just give your money right back? Send um, that man back to coaching high school football here in Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> that whole Hawaii thing was crazy. Um, but, uh, yeah, this this NIL stuff is getting insane. It's uh, – how, how – uh, I don't know. Uh, Raymond, you said that you follow college baseball. How is how is the NIL affecting college baseball? Because you know, there's one thing that I do not watch at all is college baseball. Yeah, I mean, I definitely haven't kept up on that aspect of it, but I mean, I I really just can't imagine it's gone to the extent of like football. Um, it's it's I mean, honestly, I mean, it's an actual even uh, basketball even. You know, you, you think of like the major sports in college, like. You know, you got football, clear cut number one. Basketball, for most people, it's really only relevant come March. So, yeah, I don't think baseball has been hit yet with that point. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. Might have to do my research on that and uh, come up with some more more stats later on. But yeah, well, yeah, I mean, especially I really, as we get into it. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, learning more about the NIL and how there's money to be made for athletes when. Uh, there wasn't when we were kids. Sucks. Not that I was playing college sports, but who knows? You know? Well, I, maybe I, I would have worked hard baseball. if I could get paid. With with college baseball, the fact that you have a rivalry like Ole Miss and Mississippi State winning back to back national championships, where Ole, uh, Ole Miss won two years ago, Mississippi State just won the College World Series. That is absolutely insane. Yeah, and they. I mean, college bit when it comes to college. World Series, it's huge. Same with the uh, softball uh, and the women's in the World Series. I mean, they're they're not obviously they're not the NCAA tournament when it comes to the fanfare, but they're I mean the following, especially there, like in attendance, the fans are crazy and stuff like that. So, uh, I guess it's I guess it's not the same just because there's so many baseball players, so many they're already dealing with getting possibly drafted and stuff like that. So they've probably already been dealing with stuff like the NILS stuff without getting paid on paper. Um, they probably dealt with more adult stuff than these uh, basketball and football players have when it comes to college sports. Ian just ran away listening to your takes there, Davey. Well, as soon as you talk about college, Ian's like, nope, <laughs> I'm good. I don't blame him. It's it's hard. That college definitely seems like a it's it, there's a lot of fanfare. Mm-hmm. I, I'm hoping college football ends up feeling a lot better than it did last year, though. Yeah, I think everything is slowly starting to kind of fall back into place, and I think a lot of the leagues are going to start to feel like like you kind of said they're more normal. Um, and I'm looking forward to that. Oh, you just kicked Ian. I like that. That's smart. Not Heck leaving yeah, an empty. Empty chair sitting around. Mike, you've been kind of quiet tonight, man. You good? What's going on? I'm good, man. I, I do have a question. So I, I did want to circle back to MLB with the playoffs right around the corner. My first question is to Raymond. Do you think that the Dodgers are going to get 110 wins this year? No, I can't. I can't imagine it. I mean, I've already seen that, you know. It's funny, you know, hearing, you know, your guys' frustration with the D-backs changing their roster constantly. I mean, the Dodgers are going through that right now for a little bit of a different, you know, they have a, I think last year they're sitting on a 19-game lead on the division. 
numbers say realistically at this point, you know, they're the, the biggest issue that the Dodgers faced last season was they tried their darndest to catch up to the Giants. It felt like almost every single night you looked at the score and it was Giants win, Dodgers win, Dodgers lose, Giants lose. Like it was it, it was a race to 163. And in the end, you know, you, you Max Muncy, you know, uh, uh, Max Scherzer was absolutely exhausted. Julio Urias was exhausted. Like we fell apart and we lost to a better Braves team. And I think this year they really went as aggressive as possible at the beginning of the season to gain this gigantic lead to the point where I mean, we're throwing random guys. You know, we called up Ryan Pepio a couple of days ago. You know, he's, you know, a top prospect, but not major league ready. Um, constantly changing the rotation. You know, Mookie's been playing second instead of right field. Um, Hanser Alberto has, like, I think he broke the record for most position player pitching appearances in, like, major league history this year. And only one of them has been in a Dodger blowout where the Dodgers were losing. So, it's just a weird season, and I, I think they've understood that they don't need to chase. I don't. I don't. I don't want to be disrespectful, but meaningless stats, right? Because for the Dodgers, winning 110, 115, 120, it doesn't matter if it doesn't come with with the hardware at the end of the season. So, no, I think. Um, I mean, I think they're still on pace to win like 103, 104, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they have some really good, solid matchups coming up, um, but I mean, I think they still have like six games left with the Padres. Um, I think they play like four and three days against the D-backs in LA at the end of the month. So no, I think they're going to play cruise control, get some guys healthy, do a lot of, um, a lot of playoff auditioning, really. You know, we brought up Miguel Vargas, you know, really talented utility guy. Is he somebody that can make the playoff roster? Um, you know, Andrew Haney, um, I'm sure Ian has plenty to say the Hain dog, but um, just really see what the team's made out of and try to mix some guys up, see who see who makes the cut, really. You know, we, we don't have the luxury nowadays with, you know, 40-man playoff rosters. You know, it's I think it's only, what, 28? So you got to be really selective, you know, if somebody isn't making the cut, you know. I mean, I had this conversation a few days ago with a buddy of mine, like, is there a genuine conversation to be had where Cody Bellinger does not make the playoff roster? When you got somebody like Trace Thompson, who's absolutely raking it man like guy played four games for the Padres early in the season was a journeyman his entire career and now he has like one of like the highest OPS and batting averages in baseball since like June like it's absolutely insane so is there room on the roster for a guy like Cody who is an automatic strike? you know I think there's got to be you can't I mean yeah it's a gold glove you know it's a gold glove um <laughs> Player, but he just know. But my thing with the Cody, and I hate him. I hate. I obviously Chandler kid, born and bred, <laughs> but uh, he's he's a Dodger now, and he's he's blue. He's blue blue, and uh, he he's taking on the persona of the Dodgers, and and then he he uh, he just knows when to turn it on in the playoffs, and it feels like uh, it feels like what he needs to do it. He'll figure it out, um, and yet that's a it's a great fucking problem to have. You guys, if if you're talking about not being able to have Cody Bellinger play just because of how deep your roster is, 
that's a great problem to have. And I mean, Dodgers have always had one of those dominant farm systems in the MLB. So let's put them in a place to do this. They constantly replace dudes who leave to go get money with their own guys on top of the big trades. But man, I'm interested in seeing and Trace Thompson, as far as I'm concerned, concern can uh, kick rocks just because he's Clay's brother. So. <laughs> we we must shun all all Splash Brothers and brothers of Splash Brothers. Mm-hmm. And we got about a month left, right? Probably about yeah. what twenty five games or so. Yep. So um, it's still yeah. pretty er- it's still pretty early to make any World Series uh, predictions, but I do have somebody I, I want to ask uh, who they might think will be in the World Series and their winner. So Tallman. Can you hear us? Is this guy ghost? Hello? Live from Florida. Uh-oh. That's Dan, look at it. You can see his teeth. You, you can't request to be on the live and then break the entire stream, my guy. Oh, no. I didn't want to put me up here. Oh, no. Is it bad? Okay, there we go. Can you hear That's me? getting better. We can hear there you. There We just okay. can't see you. All right, settle down, Mike. Um... Hi guys, how you guys doing? Not bad, buddy. Good to how's Florida treating you? That's okay. You're gonna ask me who's gonna win the World Series? Yeah, who you got in the World Series? Oh, I like uh Dodgers. Is that unpopular? I don't think I so at like all. Uh, I, I agree with it. Pretty, I'm pretty <laughs> positive it's the it's the yeah. odd sound choice. It's, if anything, you're like a not being very creative. Well, that's not being creative. Okay, come on. Yeah, you're supposed to. You, you texted me and said you were gonna bring hot takes, and you bring the Dodgers. <laughs> well, I didn't the, expect a baseball. The most lukewarm. Come on, man. The most oh, lukewarm hot takes. Okay. <laughs> well, spit it out. Who's your AL team? Um, Yankees suck. Sorry, Kruber. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I kind of ah, uh, might be the Yankees. Um, yeah, Cubs. Yeah, get out of here. Um, oh Cubs aren't even going to be in the playoffs. Uh, the Cubs aren't even in the AL, dude. Do we have to put this guy on mute? My goodness. No, Yankees. All right, Yankees. Uh, I'm thinking Yankees. Oh, yeah. Super Yankees, hot Dodgers. takes. Yeah. Yankees, Dodgers. <laughs> Yankees, Dodgers. You could have asked a lady, and she would have been able to point out two hats and said, oh, yeah, I think that M team and that L team are going to play against each other. Well, I have, I, have a bet, I have a bet on it, so I hope it happens. Fair enough, dude. What do you think about okay. the fact that the Guardians are going to make the playoffs with 70 wins? Oh, good God. Oh, the Guardians? Yeah, they're leading their division right now with 70 wins. Diamondbacks wow. are in fifth in their division with 65. Yeah, Tallman, for the AL, you're looking at either Yankees, Guardians, Astros, or it looks like Rays would be the wild card team. And Seattle. Cool. Right, those two. Uh, oh, right, right, right. Seattle too. Stacked teams. So obviously, Yankees are stacked. I mean, come on. Um, seems, like they, seems like we can't score a fucking run recently. But I don't know. That's yeah. I know, uh, Davey. I hear you though. You're like you could ask anybody to pick out who's gonna win. It's gonna be the Dodgers and the. Yankees. But that's but, how it works. This year, it's that's what it looks like. I mean, the AL is rough. The AL is rough. Absolutely. There aren't a ton of competitive teams. And then there's oh there's six teams in the NL that are overly competitive. So it's uh it's 
it's an interesting one to even think about as far as these uh, these playoffs coming up for sure. Especially on the NL, it's going to be wild to watch these teams play against each other. Cody, where are you, man? Oh, his connection's yeah. getting bad again. Are you it's in the middle bad. of a shopping center? Are you in, like, a store? Did you break into a store or something? <laughs> I was like, why is it still light outside? There's no Like way. a dirty it's window. Midnight. No, it's dark as fuck. What's, what's going on behind you? Um, that is a, that is a storefront. A storefront. Okay. Storefront. Yeah. See, that is. Yeah, you did. You broke into a store. Oh, you're outside. Yeah, I'm outside. That yeah, looks no, I thought you were in. Oh, that looks like a blockbuster makes... video. No, I'm on the Gulf of Mexico right now. Hell yeah. No wonder oh, it sounds like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I'm on the water. Yeah, that's why it sounds bad. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anybody else got a prediction? I know we're still early. We still got about a month left, but go for it, Raymond. So my, my, my hot take, um, I might get some hate for this, but I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go a rematch this season. I think I think the Braves and the Astros. I think they're the teams that aren't being looked at well. You know, I think obviously the Braves are not leading the division right now. I mean, they're only what uh, like a half game or two behind the Mets. But man, I I just I don't see any holes in that offense, man. Like one through nine, you know, they got good hitters. That pitching staff, that rookie had like what sixteen strikeouts a few nights ago, and then the and Astros it's September, man. Yeah, out of the right time. I agree that the Braves are a great underdog pick. Like they could make, they could make some noise in the playoffs. I really hope the St. Louis wins just for Goldie's sake. Even though I really don't like Nolan Arenado, I really want Goldie to get a title before he retires. Well, no, he'll get the NL MVP. That's good enough for him. I don't need him to get a. He already won the NL MVP. Well, he could get another one. Good enough. (laughs) Well, why don't you want? What's wrong with St. Louis? They've won plenty. I don't need to know. Who else do you think is going to win this hasn't won plenty? The top five te- Mets? The Mets? If you really want to talk about teams I, that haven't won well, many. I'd rather have the Mets win. you got to cheer for the I'd Mets. I'd rather have the Mets win than the Dodgers or the uh, the Braves win again. I'd rather have the Mets win. What about the Padres? The Mets go deep. They'll, they'll choke in unceremonious No, Padre, Padres. The Padres gonna, don't make it. I don't gonna, think they're yeah. – are they a wild card well, team? They're a wild well, card right they now. They could be wild card. Yeah, uh, they, they won't put it together in time. I don't think. What's happening to the Padres? Like, the Padres are not in the wild card right now. Isn't there only two wild card teams, or is there three? Yeah, it's three. Oh, it's yeah. three. Okay, so yeah, the Padres are now. they are they're three games up on the Brewers, and the Brewers just went out and lost the series to the Diamondbacks. They almost got swept. The Brewers are goddamn Yeah, they they they're always in it until the end, and then they just kind of man. We're gonna yeah. see. I'm gonna start following this month, so you know it's it's about time to watch the fall classic. But uh, the this, the Diamondbacks uh, roster itself, which we actually surprisingly haven't talked about much, um, is just too exciting to kind of ignore, even if Lavelle is at the helm. Yeah, I I agree with Raymond though. I had I had the Braves um, as my team to watch and kind of my pick for making it to the World Series. I really like a lot of the the young guys on their roster. Um, Kenley, Kenley Jansen did me dirty last week. I think that was against he did. the, the, he the did. Cardinals. He did, he did so do dirty. dirty. Holy shit. He did you and Cody dirty. Yeah. There was some he money especially on the did Cody dirty. Cody at a double. 
Um, Rodgers have been cursed with many years of Kenley Jensen, and now we have to suffer through Craig Kimbrell. So I can guarantee you, don't bet on those guys. I was going to ask how Kimbrell's doing because I feel like he was like a top uh, closer, and then you guys got him, and I, I haven't heard anything, which is not a good sign. Right? This is what he does, right? He His previous. <laughs> yeah, he's a little, little – uh, well, so it's a funny thing. He had like an injury however many years ago, and when he was doing his rehab, he felt like it felt comfortable to him for whatever reason. So he just ended up sticking with it as his like pre-pitch like ritual, basically. I mean, it looks like a goofball when he gives up a three, you know, one run lead. But no, I mean, Kimbrell, I think Kimbrell's biggest issue is that, I mean, it's funny, you know, he'll, he'll get the first two outs easily, right? He'll get the first two outs, whether it's, it's, a, it's a strikeout or a, a pop out to, you know, center. But for whatever reason, man, that third run is just that third out. You just you can't piece it together. It's a, it's a command issue. You know, he starts walking guys, you know, who have that, that bloop single that for whatever reason, you know, it's just a meatball down the middle. And I think I read somewhere that he's only had five appearances in safe situations with a one run lead and he blew four of them. And wow. for whatever reason, Doc Roberts decides he's, he's like, nah, man, nah, he's, he's our guy. We're going to keep running him and things like that. But I mean, if the 2020 World Series showed anything, you know, they'll throw Julio Urias in the seventh in the ninth inning, you know, instead. So I'm not too worried about Kimbrell. Like I said earlier, I think it's it's one of those, you know, if if you can give Kimbrell the next 30 games to figure it out, and even if he just turns into a bulk inning guy or you know a seventh guy, setup guy, like he's gonna make the roster. Um, when he's on, he's on. Uh, it's just unfortunate though because when he's off, like he's he's off, and it's it's pretty bad. We've had. We've had games where, you know, it's it's a, it's a five-run lead, and we have to put a, a second pitcher in the ninth inning to make sure that we don't blow it. So it's kind of scary. Yeah, I feel that with the whole with the whole NF or MLB postseason. There's a lot of teams that I think have a big question mark next to them. I mean, even the the two teams we've talking about with you guys and the Yankees and Dodgers, they're kind of having a, a little bit of a tumble at the end of the season here. I don't know so much about the Dodgers more so the Yankees had been kind of struggling there, but we also talked about the St. Louis Cardinals, but we have Cody, I'm sorry, we have Tallman on here and he's going to wants to talk about the Arizona Cardinals a little bit. Um, I think he had some hot takes geared up. Are you still there Tallman out in Florida? And not on mute. <laughs> That's a good face. <laughs> team, team up. Does he have a Yeah. It's that Florida connection. My bad. Can you hear me? A little bit. A little, a tiny bit. Is that it? Call it. Caller number nine, you're on Valley Sports Plug Roundtable. Okay, here I am. Um, aren't you supposed to like ask me a question though? Uh, you, it's it's your it's your floor, sir. Um, he te- you the floor. Yeah, he teed you up for week one against the Chiefs. Yeah, That's a big big start oh, for against- our season. Oh, I didn't hear that. I'm sorry, I didn't hear that part. I apologize. Um, calling okay, into so a radio I, show, I, he's not even listening to. Uh, oh no! I didn't hear it's the 
whatever. I'm not gonna blame it on the fucking connection. Whatever. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, what you got? What you, what's your hot take uh, on the Cardinals? Week one, Kansas City. What you got? Anything uh, Cardinals? Week one, we're gonna get screwed over. Um, I think uh, Patrick Mahomes is gonna pass all over us. Um, let's talk cornerbacks, man. That's we got homie out here burning his legs with the the hot grease. Antonio Hamilton, who was supposed to be one of our main cornerbacks to fill that room. Um, not only are there question marks about uh, Marco Wilson, um, but you can't rely 100% on Byron Murphy. So what's terrible about it is we, we have no idea what's going to happen. So our secondary is solid with Jalen Thompson, who just got um, he just got that contract. So he got three years, like 30 some, 35, 40 million or something. Um, so they 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 uh they booked him up, which is great. So we have Baker, Thompson, and then the cornerbacks are just tough. So it's it's hard to see if it's even going to go on. So that's scary. Um, I think Mahomes is going to pass all over us. Did you guys see him in the, in the preseason? Granted it's preseason, but he played for like an entire, almost an entire half. Like he threw for like 150 yards. Like he's ready to go. None of our players even played at all in the preseason. So it's like, well, okay. Um, you know, I mean, granted, I know you don't want to risk people getting hurt, but it's like, I mean, you're looking at a team, the Kansas City Chiefs, and, you know, you have Patrick Mahomes, a Super Bowl quarterback. Granted, maybe he didn't win one, but um, he's out there playing for almost a half in a preseason game, and he's ready to rock and roll. So I'm thinking we're going to come out really rusty. Um, it might be hard to watch, um, but I could also be wrong because I thought the same thing about when uh, last year when we absolutely destroyed the Tennessee Titans in the first week, which that might've been the best football game I think I ever watched in my entire life. Um, so I think it comes down to the cornerbacks. It's going to be really rough to see it, but I think that we lose that game and I don't like to say it, but I think we're going to lose that game. That was the best game you ever watched in your life. Really? I think you won better. I think we're going to lose most of the first games. Okay, no, I lied. The best game I watched um, it was at our house. We watched that Seattle game at my house. Remember that? The overtime yeah, game? Yeah, the game, the game winner, yeah. Yeah, that was – okay, that was huge. That was uh, two years ago. That was the best game I think I've ever watched. But Oh, is that when that Isaiah Tennessee Simmons forced the fumble on Russell Wilson? Yes. I think so, yeah. yeah. This is rookie yeah. year. Speaking of, that was Cody, because you were talking about Jalen Thompson, it sounds like they're going to be having him kind of slowly, maybe possibly – Playing no no no, Isaiah Simmons got the green dot. He's calling the plays, but he, he's oh, going Simmons. to be playing. He's going to be playing more of a, in the defensive backfield than he is going to be playing in linebacker. It sounds like uh, that that's the that's the goal this season is that they expect Isaiah to take a big leap and uh, play uh, spend a lot of time uh, playing uh, the slot, um, which is concerning a little bit because I think as fast as Isaiah is, I still think that. He still gets torched by tight ends, like anybody that's ever played for the Cardinals. Well, um, what was it? Who was hold on. Go again. And it was not. I didn't hear anything out of you. I think one thing that I could speak to in regards to what Tom had brought up 
and almost going back to the Arizona State conversation we had before is, you know, that NAU game for ASU, you can look at it as a preseason game. So you're starting to get the wheels turning, see what you have out of all these new guys, uh, and hopefully get some good momentum going into Oklahoma State. Whereas the Cardinals had a preseason, but like what Cody said, none of our guys played. Hollywood Brown didn't play. I don't think Zayvon Collins even played that much. Zayvon played too much and played really poorly. Okay, so that's it. it, With all of these new assets that are coming in right now, what kind of camaraderie are they really going to have on the field? So they're going to have to be feeling out things the first week, and that's not good going up against a perennial powerhouse like the Chiefs. Well, the one thing I'll say is I'm not worried about Hollywood because there can't be more camaraderie than playing wide receiver for your best friend. Yeah, but it's been Zach it's Ertz. been five years, Davey. They haven't played. Yeah, they spend ever. all it's summer every way different summer. Than NFL league is way the NFL yeah, is way but, different than Oklahoma. But they work out with each other every summer, all summer. They're together all the time over the last four years. Every summer during the off season, they're working out together. Uh, Hollywood's a part of his. Uh, Kyler's team that works out in Texas every summer. Um, I just really think that uh, I, I'm not concerned about that, and I'm really not concerned as long as Zach Ertz gets on the field, which it sounds like he might not be getting on the field this this week for whatever reason. He didn't play game. That's what's more concerning to me is the guys that we kept off the field on purpose now all of a sudden have inter- injuries. Yeah, uh, Marcus, Golden, go Marcus Golden is not ready to go, and his backup oh. is on our practice squad. Devon Card, De- Devin Knard, he's on our practice squad now. He got and cut. Like, yeah, but they well, no one picked him up, so he's on our he's on the practice squad now, and he it sounds like he's going to be called up immediately. Um, and I know that they want to run with these rookies that they drafted. They have some good feelings about these rookies, but it doesn't matter if they're not explosive enough. These cornerbacks are going to get torched. They're going to get torched. It's not even close. We're we're in we're in really bad shape. I don't care about the Trayvon guy that we traded for. He there's a reason why the Raiders were looking to get rid of him. I know the Raiders are trying to kind of push separate themselves from the John Gruden era, um, and that's kind of what that was. Yeah. It seemed like. Great but, uh, that's why the Hamilton thing absolutely killed us. Yeah, yeah. It's it really seemed like Hamilton is going to be. He's going to be one of their main pieces. Yeah. So it's well, really. Fingers crossed it's only four games. And he did it. I don't know if you guys saw today on Instagram. He posted he's up. He's walking around. He's able to wear shoes. His um, mm-hmm. skin's 90% heel. Um, so just get back on the just get back out there. Make it through four games. All we have to do is make it through six. If we can make it through six at three and three, I feel really good about the wild card because having DeAndre Hopkins come and play two, 12 games or 11 games is going to be a lot better than um, him playing 17 and getting hurt near the end. I really think that he's going to um, – I think he's going to come back with a huge uh, chip on his shoulder because it's like everybody forgot that he existed for something. That- oh, totally. But, like, think about the I'm afraid – you know, about- Cody, we're not getting anything out of you, boss. Yeah, you're oh, so choppy. In the beginning. Yeah, it's oh, so choppy. So All right. Oh, hold on. That that sounded better there for a second. Okay. Maybe we all mute again. Is is it better now? Yeah, go again, Cody. All right, my bad. All right. What I was saying was um 
I'm not afraid about the offense. I'm afraid about the defense. You know, think about going up against that schedule that we have. It's absolutely terrifying. So that defense is going to be the biggest part of our success this year. I know we can score touchdowns. I mean, look at all the talent that we have in offense. Like, that's obvious. But what's going to happen on the defense? Are we going to be able to keep up with them? You know, like the quarterback, the cornerback room, safeties are great. And then, like Davey was saying, um, Thompson's going to try to play whatever nickel bag, wh- wh- whatever it is. But, like, still, at the end of the day, it's like we don't have the talent on defense that we're used to having. And it doesn't translate to the, the offense side. So it's going to be really rough to see it. Um, we're going to be giving up a lot of points. It's going to happen. And our first three weeks, first three games are going to be really, really tough. And we're probably going to we probably go 0-3. You know, I don't like to say it, but we're probably going to go 0-3. So that's all I got. Yeah, I'm a little – I'm definitely concerned. Uh, I really hope – as long as we can pick up one of these first two games or uh, if, if somehow we – we catch a break and Matt Stafford's elbow is as is a little bit more worse for wear than what they're saying. And it kind of re verts back to the Detroit Lions Stafford where he was constantly hurt while playing. Um, I think that, uh, I think, I think, I I think we're going to go Oh, and two, I think there's a chance we can beat the Rams just because it always happens where, division games they just go it, it seems like in that out there in the west that uh we are it's constantly just one one with everybody so that i don't know man i'm gonna try and sneak yeah. off to that raiders game yeah see. good luck i yeah. want it like 300 dollars price lower level tickets 300 so i think they're like oh. 150 for upper level yikes where are you looking at uh, I was saying, everything I was, I was looking I was, at was way more expensive. I looked, I looked at tickets last week, and I saw like two sections for two eighty five in the lower level. Um, plus, I also um, a good friends of ours are Raiders fans, and they know um, somebody in the, like box office. So we're gonna try and get in there, but uh, take advantage. Knows, yeah, yeah, Cody's right, and you know what? You know, as bad as it sounds, it's possible we start at zero and four because for whatever reason. The Panthers can't beat the- find a way to beat the Cardinals. But yeah, you know what's Mike good is that. yeah, Mike the, what's that. good is is Baker Mayfield always finds a way to lose to the Cardinals. And so we're gonna be in good shape there, I think. There you go. All right, guys. I'm sorry to that I have shitty quality and um well, thank you guys for having me. I just wanted to pop in real quick because I love you guys. So um I gotta head out. So it was really nice. Uh, popping in here real quick, doing a little uh, little Cardinal thing. And sorry I wasn't prepared for the World Series thing, but. <laughs> All right. All right, get we out We love of here. you, boss. Yeah. Right. Be safe hey, out get, there, get some rest. Drink drink some water. Yeah, you guys take care. He's coming home tomorrow, but I kicked him out early. <laughs> get out of here. Get out of here. So, I mean, as a Cardinals fan, Davey, I kind of feel some of the same sentiments. I just wonder where this team really is going to be as far as like playoff positioning by the time DA or D hop comes back. And it's crazy to me that all I see right now is these ESPN metrics, putting the Cardinals at 13 and four record. 
And I'm just like, I look over the schedule and I say, where? Yeah. Like, where are these just, are, is it going to be, you know, one possession games that the Cardinals just find a way to squeak out all the time? Like, there's nobody on the schedule either than the Seahawks that I really can see them, you know, putting the, the, the hammer down on. So I, I hope well, so for our sake. <laughs> That'll be in, in position, but ESPN has, I'm all, I do not feel I like that the Eagles roster deserves all the hype it's getting. Um, Saints either. I'm, I'm seeing team, they're saying they're expecting the Saints and Eagles to be two of the top teams in the NFC. I just don't see it. Um, and I really expect that the 49ers made a mistake last week when they f- fixed Garoppolo's stuff. I think it's going to uh, – it sounds like from what I've been reading that Trey Lance was rubbed the wrong way from it. So um, hopefully that's the case, and we can squeak out four wins there. Um, the good news is there's 17 games now. Um, we have some tough games, especially down the stretch. Uh Patriots, Broncos, Buccaneers. Uh, the good news is it's Patriots at, at home. It's us at home, so we don't have to worry about the weather there. Um, Chargers, too. Uh, yeah, those, the last six games of the season, uh, four of the six are teams that are not exciting to play against. Um, Broncos, it can be hit or miss just depending on how Russ goes, but it's going to be an advantage for them because he knows how we play. And who knows what he'll look like with the Broncos. So um, I'm really hoping that maybe Cody thinks that the Chiefs might run all over us as far as the pass game goes. But I think that they're going to, there's going to be an adjustment and there's going to be a lot of pressure on Pat to show that he can uh, do things without Tyreek. So that's kind of – I'm more concerned about the Raiders game than I am the Chiefs. I think we can beat the Chiefs because they have a bad defense. Uh the Raiders do not have a bad defense, and they sure as hell don't have a bad offense. So um, they're they're in, a, I think, a lot better shape than we think. I expect the Raiders to win that division. Um, and, and yeah, I'm just hoping for three and three after six. If we can get to three and three, I, I really think we can beat the Eagles. I don't, I'm not on the Jalen Hurts uh, hype train. Um, I think that he should get treated more like Tua than he gets treated like whoever he's being treated like, but uh, that's kind of how I get the same vibe from him as I get from Tua. Um, but that's just me. We're going to see, man. Saints, famous Jameis, who knows? They might be good, but I'm less high on the Eagles than I am um, the Saints for sure. I think the Saints just always figure out a way, and they're in a division that's not really too concerning for them. Yeah. No, I, I hear what you're saying, Davey, and I, you guys make a lot of really great points that it's going to – the onus is really going to be on the defense to save the day and carry this team. Um, with the with DeAndre Hopkins being out, there's a lot of question marks on the offensive side with even Cliff and Kyler being questioned constantly and really you amp up the pressure when you add in hard knocks and having this team really under the microscope what's going to happen you have all this buzz from the offseason everything we've talked about over the past couple months since we started doing this thing all the distractions are they going to be able to put all that to rest put it all behind them and then the first time kyler murray comes across some adversity how's he going to take it how's he going to handle it i think there's a lot of question marks and like mike's kind of been saying we're just gonna have to see the game start rolling and, and see what happens but 
I, I don't want to say we're winding down here, but just wanted to throw it back to you guys if you had any un, unsaid takes, any questions to pose, what's what's in your head? I, I didn't have anything crazy today. I I did too much research on the Dimebacks is what I did. But uh, no, it's more, I think we're it's been nice to, you know, for a while we were running into a little lull in content as far as sports win and now we're things are getting ramped up again and uh, i think it's a it's a good time we're gonna have lots of opportunities to talk about a lot of shit. i mean we can just see from today's pod we can talk about gambling we can talk about nil i mean there's so many avenues of sports that we can talk about that have nothing to do with what's on the field and it's awesome you can only talk about kevin durant so much true but i'm gonna this keep talking about it. <laughs> Dude was bitching on Twitter today that he's a 96 overall instead of a 99 on 2K. Have you ever played with him in 2K? He should be a 99. Uh, last time I played with him, I think he was pretty close to a 99. It was like 2K16. God, he was definitely a 99. Wait, my, yeah. <laughs> my connection got choppy there. Who, who are we talking about? Uh, KD. Ian's been fighting. Hey, Ian's been yelling at the brick wall at KD. Um, Ian's got really a comment. Wall, though, because KD might respond. I feel bad blowing up the group chat, so I made that Twitter so I can like shout my shit into the void instead of like blowing up you guys' phones. Well, to be fair, sometimes it is the void in the group chat because sometimes I just have enough time to swipe it off. Um, but uh, yeah, that's all I'd have to I try and read back. I try and read back um, as much as I can because usually it's good stuff. But you know, we get lost in all that other stuff sometimes. A little bit too much uh, Matt has Marjorie it. Green Taylor or Donald Trump in there. So the Matt has shit. all these hot takes, and then he never wants to come on the stream and talk about it. <laughs> Not that we would talk about uh, MTG or uh, Joe Biden on the stream, but my my hot take is Batman. Um, Terry McGinnis is the best Batman. Anna. Uh, Matt, actor? You want to talk about Joe Biden? Let's talk about Joe Biden. Uh, Joe Terry, Biden. McGinnis. Terry McGinnis. Terry McGinnis is a, a Batman Beyond, Ian. Oh, that's Terry. Okay, so speaking actual Batmans, not actors. Okay. Yeah, well, we were going to have a, our pop culture pod, and that was going to be one of the conversations was Batmans. That's my hot take. Yeah. Batman Beyond's the best. Well, that's what maybe that's what we do next. We queue up a nice uh, pop culture roundtable for maybe not that, the next stream, but there's good stuff out. Lord of the Rings, the new uh, Game of Thrones movies are back. Movies are back, back. Uh, they just had the three dollar movie theater day on su- Saturday, and it was a huge success. So, um, is that a Pollock? Everywhere, Every, oh everywhere, nation, all movie theaters sold tickets for three dollars on Saturday. What? Dang. I didn't get the memo, bro. What? Yeah, that sounds awesome. I want to go. Well, we we lost. We're we're SOL, Ian. We freaking missed it. A, it's gonna be a yearly thing now. It's gonna be a National Movie Theater Day or Movie Day. Nice. Okay, I do have one last thing. Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva. Who's going? <laughs> oh, get out of here! <laughs> I'm gonna be out of town that weekend, but uh, it, it's. <laughs> I'll drop. Anderson Silva needs fifty money, bucks huh? max on a ticket for that. Any more than that, and I'm I'm staying home. You're staying home, then, dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. No Good luck. That's that's yeah. fine by me to keep my fifty dollars. And yeah, I'm not interested. 
<laughs> I know Jake Paul's a little more legit than people may think because obviously the dude's out there running around. But yeah, uh, it, I'm interested that I'm. It's interesting that Silva took the fight. Well, I was going to say, in, it, he's to go to as far as fighting people that are past their prime in a sport they never competed in on a professional level. I mean, Anderson, because it's a boxing match, right? Anderson Silva was, uh, he was a, what was his oh, he, expertise? He's a pure striker. He, he got striker? stand-up okay. knockouts for sure. Yeah. But, dude, he kicks, right? He, he does worth. lots of kicks, but he has he kicked the, the shit reach. out of you. The, the reach, he's going to have a, a pretty solid uh, reach advantage. It's going to be the first guy that Jake Paul's fought that has a, a, quite a bit of reach advantage on him. Um, it's worth so mentioning that Anderson Silva is 47 years old. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's the big thing. So over 20 Might years have older reach, than but... Jake Paul? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't uh, know. Yeah, yeah. Ian, I got... I will admit I signed up. Mike told told me about that fight, and I instantly got signed up for the pre-sale notification. So <laughs> I think it's like uh, September thirteenth or something like that. When they email me, I'll let you know if they're fifty dollars or less, and we might <laughs> we might have to pack up and take VSP out there on on the road. That might be the first event I ever go to in my life where I'm like okay with obstructed view. <laughs> like, I, I want to be there. I want to be able to see, but maybe not the whole time. So we'll put Mike in front of you. It'll be a good yeah. circus. Just want to be there for the spectacle. Yep. The undercard should be interesting too. They always bring some other clowns with them to to slap each other up. <laughs> Bunch of old yeah. NFL running backs and shit. Didn't they? Robinson yeah, Frank fight Gore. One? Yeah, yeah, he was Frank, the meme where he's like face down on the mat because yeah, Frank Gore and uh, Frank Gore and uh, Deron Williams fought last time. Oh, oh God! Yeah. yeah. terrible well fellas i think i think it's that time mike what do you think i think so i think that's all right well if you guys want to stick around when i end the show it'll take us all to a lobby we can kind of to you know wind down or you can just take off up to you guys but thank you everyone for coming ben miller raymond delmo Ian, we are definitely going to have you back. The Valley Sports Plug family. Um, Michael Benjamin, my co-host, my wingman, as always. We had Tallman come on all the way from Florida. So we coast to coast. We covered L.A., New York, Florida, Arizona, Texas. Man, uh, we just got to go. Uh, we got to go global next. So I also want to thank everyone who tuned in and uh, listened or is maybe listening back on the replay. You were uh, probably brought here by following us at AZ underscore VSP on Instagram and Twitter or Facebook at Valley Sports Plug. Um, always going to find us right here on YouTube streaming. So come check us out and uh, we'll be back again soon. But I'm going to try and hit this outro music uh, flawlessly because uh, I usually fuck it up somehow. But thanks again for being here with us. And we'll see you next time. Hey, you guys. Peace. Later. Thanks, guys.